Hello, welcome to another episode of Rando Rob. This is the YouTube video series slash audio podcast where I, Rob, <laughs> pull out rando items from my collection. However, did I come up with that name, Rando Rob? I don't know. Uh, on uh, today's show, it's not really a show, on today's video slash podcast, uh, I was just out in the garage not too long ago, and I found something that I have owned since the early 80s. Now, technically, uh, I'm not sure when I became the owner, because this is an item that uh, belonged to my sister. My sister got this item for Christmas, and um, uh, there was one of those, uh, it was one of those Christmases, and I don't remember the exact year, 1980, 81, 82, somewhere in there. Uh, but it was one of those years where I got a present and my sister got a present and I immediately began playing with her present and she began playing with my present. Uh, the present I got <clears throat> was a Mr. Microphone. Now, I don't know if you, uh, you had to be of a certain age to remember Mr. Microphone, but uh, you're probably familiar with different devices that will broadcast uh, onto a frequency that can be picked up by a radio. You may have seen these with, um, I had an MP3 player that would do that or a, an adapter for the car for the MP3 player so you could tune into a particular AM uh, radio station or, or low band FM station, maybe, uh, and you would broadcast and it would pick it up. Uh, I see these real commonly these days in um, Christmas light displays. You drive through Christmas lights and it'll say, turn your radio to 88.7 or something like that. And you turn it, your dial all the way down and they'll be broadcasting Christmas music and they'll have uh, synchronized lights to the music that they're playing and you will be able to hear that music in your car. Um, and, and probably the, uh, other implementation of that you might be familiar with is drive-ins. Uh, many drive-ins do that where you go to the drive-in and it says, tune your car radio to this frequency, and then you can hear the movie at the drive-in. So, uh, that's what Mr. Microphone was. <clears throat> it was a, uh, a handheld mic and you tune your radio to a certain frequency and then you could sing and your voice would come out of the, uh, uh, radio is like a very, very early version of uh, probably of karaoke, I suppose. Uh, but I got that for Christmas and then my sister immediately loved it. She went playing with that or whatever. And my sister uh, got something that I immediately fell in love with, played with it for many years. And at some point it just stopped belonging to my sister and started belonging to me. I don't know if there's there any official transfer of ownership, but I still have it 40 something years later. So technically I'm going to say it's mine now. And it is, if you saw the uh, title of the show or the video, you may have an inkling, <laughs> but this is it. His, his arms are kind of stuck to him. We'll talk about his arms and legs, but this is a puppet of animal from the Muppets. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Uh, so let's talk very briefly about, uh, the construction. Well, let's talk about animal animals, obviously an original Muppet from the Muppet shows. He is the, uh, drummer, uh, in the, uh, the show's house band, the electric mayhem. 
And um, uh, Animal is known for being crazy, and he is in all the Muppet movies, and and um, uh, he sometimes uh, accidentally eats things instead of plays with them. Don't you do that, Animal? Yeah. Uh, so as a kid, I was really into puppets. I really liked puppets, and I put on puppet shows in my bedroom and, and did uh, different things. And when I say I was really into puppets, I had some puppets. You know, I was a kid that had some puppets. That's as far as it went. I didn't do public puppetry or anything like that. Um, I was just a, a guy that had some puppets. And so, um, anyway, I'm being stupid here with the animal puppet, making it move around. Uh, so uh, when you're a kid, I mean, when you're a kid, when I was a kid growing up in the, the seventies and the early eighties, uh, there, there was no bigger puppets than the Muppets and the Muppet show. And that would be probably what got my original interest in puppets and also, uh, ventriloquism. So let's take a look at the build of the animal puppet here. And, and so unlike a lot of puppets, uh, what we get here is the entire animal body from his head to his feet. Uh, and if we look at the feet and the arms and the body, we will see that they are just kind of rolled over, uh, pieces of fabric. Now I don't remember if they had more stuffing. I don't think they did, uh, when I was younger, but they are very flat. So he, his body is very flat. His stomach is flat. His arms are flat. Um, every part of him is basically flat, uh, from the neck down. Now he has, um, his feet have this kind of weird construction. I'm going to show you here. It's kind of hard when I'm also have the puppet, but the feet, um, kind of splay out almost like a chicken's foot. Like there's a little back part and then there's a front part. And so if you, you were to set him up on the ground, you could kind of arrange his feet where it would look like he was standing. Um, but, uh, they, they don't stick to anything and they don't have a lot of support. So I think it would more, more be like in a puppet show. You know, if you raised the puppet higher or lower, you could see that that animal had a body he has on his typical drawstring uh, pants but let's talk about these hands. So the hands are just cut out, uh, out of felt, and they have uh, three fingers and a thumb on each hand. But then in the palm, they have a little piece of Velcro. And so what that was for was you would take uh, take animal and you could stick his hands to his own body to kind of pose him. And I think it makes it look like there's more to the arms than there really is, right? Uh, so you could, you know, kind of put them in little poses and things like that. Uh, but now let's talk about the head, uh, the head, the inside of the mouth is a hard molded plastic. The nose is, um, hard plastic that is squeezable, but, um, it's not like a, like a clown nose that you would squeeze. And then his eyeballs are one piece of molded plastic. So you can see right here, uh, if you're looking at the video, he's got a, a molded tongue up in there, but it's very hard plastic. Uh, now it moves just like a normal puppet moves. Uh, you move the the um, uh, you know with your hand and your thumb, you make the mouth open and close. And uh, uh, but there is something above where your fingers rest on the top. There is a little plastic. It almost feels like a ramp, like a lever. And uh, when you push down on the lever. It makes his eyebrows uh, go up and down. So 
it's slightly more advanced than a very basic puppet. It certainly doesn't have all the things that you would uh, expect in a high-end like ventriloquist doll, like the eyes don't move back and forth and, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, it, anything like that. But he does blink. And so that was something that none of my other puppets did was that he could blink. Now, you can't really blink and open a mouth at the same time because – to make it blink, you have to squeeze down with your top fingers, um, and you press. I mean, you're getting that pressure from your thumb, which is pressing up, uh, up against the uh, lower mouth. So, uh, uh, not um, uh, not really blink while you while you talk capabilities. But that's okay. Who cares? Uh, so anyway, that's uh, kind of the story of animal. Now he does have this wild fur hair that I just showed this thing to my wife and she says, wow, looks like animal has the mange. So maybe the hair looked better <laughs> on his head at some point in time. Um, it still looks okay to me, but I do see that it's uh, a little, little worn and, and slightly matted. Now the uh, back of the puppet has this, this vertical slit and he's, he's kind of wearing a, like a half shirt thing and it kind of hides a lot of, uh, where your hand goes, but he had this slit. Now what I used to do, I don't have one in here anymore, but take a, uh, I would take like a two liter or three liter, like a used bottle of, of Coke or, or of pop of some sort and fill it up with water and put it on the desk. And it's just about the right height where you can kind of put it in there and he will rest on the top of uh, uh, that bottle, and then you can kind of arrange his feet, and then you can get him to kind of get in some sort of standing position. And that was a, a fun way to display uh, animal. So um, about, gosh, I don't remember, let's say um, 10 years ago. It might be a little longer than 10 years ago, but let's say 10 years ago. Uh, I was cleaning out my house and I was really, um, I'm going to talk about nostalgia for just a minute. There are things that I absolutely loved as a kid, absolutely loved. And some of those things I saved for my children because I knew that my children, I wanted to gift them to my children so that my children would love them as much as I loved them. And what I found out is that some things uh, worked and some things did not work. Some things did not uh, translate um, to my children's childhood and did not speak to them the same way that they spoke to me. So... Uh, for example, I, um, well, here's an example. Uh, I had a larger Lego collection than most people that probably anybody, you know, unless you know somebody who has Lego in their nickname, like I had a 30 gallon tub completely filled with Legos. We're talking, you know, literally thousands of dollars worth of Legos, um, some of that was my personal collection as a, a kid. And then I bought a couple of large collections of Legos over the years and saved all these for my children. 
And I would say my children played with those Legos probably less than five times. When I was a kid, I played Legos every day. Um, and it wasn't the only thing that I did, but it was one of the things that I, I really enjoyed doing. And, um, I would put a bed sheet down on my floor and then I would pour my Legos out and I would play with the Legos. And when you were done, you'd take up the four corners of the bed sheet and kind of put it in your tub. And then you pulled the, the sheet out and all the Legos went back into the tub. So I had this large, large uh, tub full of Legos and, um, you know, I bought, um, for one of his birthdays, I bought my son a SpongeBob. It was, uh, I think it was a, the Krusty Krab restaurant, I think, um, a Lego thing. And he enjoyed that, um, because that was something he could, he could relate to, you know, SpongeBob or whatever. But as far as all my old Legos, it just didn't interest my kids, you know? And, and this was a thing that I had. Uh, that I owned, you know, when I was a young child and I had hung on to for 30 years, uh, out of love to give to my kids. And then my kids didn't necessarily want them. And so, uh, there was a part of me that was really kind of hurt by that. And I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't upset with my kids or, or hurt, um, by my kids, but it was just, it was almost felt like your you personally are being rejected in a way, you know? And, and so there were a few things like that. And I think the, when you, when you really stop to think about it, if I think about the things that my dad was into when he was a young kid, I mean, like Lincoln logs and you know, whatever, whatever toys, like a yo-yo maybe, or a slinky or something like that. Um, you know, those things I wasn't super into when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like you might go, oh, look, a yo-yo. and play with a yo-yo for a few minutes. But I had Atari, so I don't want to play with a yo-yo, you know. And unfortunately, my kids, uh, you know, I mean, when my son was born, I had a PlayStation 3. Uh, so, you know, getting my kids to be that interested in Legos or unfortunately puppets um, was was kind of difficult, you know. And so, uh, at one point when we were cleaning house, I basically took all of my puppets, uh, and donated them all. And I'm going to say all in air quotes, uh, all to my kids daycare. I took them all up and I said, is this something that the kids will play with the younger kids or whatever? They were like, absolutely. The kids will love it. They will enjoy it. Uh, and so that's what happened. Now it just so happened. And, and by the way, I would say 95% of the puppets. I mean, I probably, when I say puppets, I'm going to say I had a dozen puppets, you know? Um, and I would say only two of those puppets that I have real nostalgic connections with. And one of those was a puppet that I got at the 1982 World's Fair. I remember at the time this puppet cost $100. It was not something that my family could necessarily afford or would afford. Not for a simple souvenir for a kid for going on a trip, but my aunt and uncle had gone on that same trip and they bought me the puppet. And I loved that puppet. I had wigs <laughs> for that puppet, like Halloween wigs, where I would make it into different characters. I put on little puppet shows and I would use this puppet, reuse this puppet. 
So I definitely had a nostalgic connection to it. It's also a very well built puppet. I mean, it was a hundred dollar puppet in 1982, which would probably, I mean, it would probably be like a 200 or $250 puppet now or something. But I didn't have a need for it. My kids didn't want it. And so that went into the donate pile. Uh, it wasn't anything that was bringing me joy anymore. Now, I will say the only thing that saved Animal from that same fate was that Animal was not stored with all my other puppets. I have a collection of stuffed... I don't want to say stuffed animals, but uh, like I have a spike from Gremlins that is stuffed. I have some different pillows, like a Hershey's bar pillow and a Reese's pillow. And these were all things that were in my movie room that I had on display in my movie room. And I had animal on display with those things. I think I have a stuffed Smurf maybe in that collection. I don't know, but, but animal was in that tub with all those things. So when it came time to donate, all the puppets, Animal wasn't with those puppets. And so that's probably why he got the stay of execution and why I still have Animal. I believe Animal is the only puppet that I own. Now, I still have a lot of those other stuffed uh, Hershey bar, like those type of things. I have a Hershey's Kiss that's that's stuffed. And those are all things that were in my movie room. And I've, I haven't really done the kind of decorating in my movie room like I... Uh, wanted to do it's still pretty barren with with blank walls and I kind of like it that way a little bit but uh, I have some movie theater you know movie related items and, and things that belong in a home theater that I think I'm going to end up putting out there and so Animal may make that cut um, he is obviously not a movie uh, I mean he, you know Animal is in Muppet movies but when you see Animal he doesn't necessarily represent movies to most people, he kind of represents uh, the Muppet Show, but he's he's a fun fun thing. And you know, I do have a small area up here where I have the large Bumble that I've shown, the Abominable Snowman, and I have a, a Yoda backpack and a couple of things. And so it's possible an animal might end up living in here somewhere. Um, but uh, yeah, so so this is definitely the. Uh, 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 only puppet, I believe, that I still own. I'm hoping my sister doesn't want it back. <laughs> if she does, I'm going to buy a second one. I'm sure you can still find these on eBay. I do have a couple of upper uh, uh, other animal um, dolls, but they're not uh, they're not puppets. They're just they're just dolls or, or stuffed figures, stuffed animal type figures uh, that resemble animal. But this is the only one. I have that is a puppet. So uh, there you go. There is the animal uh, puppet that I own. And uh, it has been in the collection since the early 1980s and is yet another thing that I will, uh, someone will have to figure out what to do with when I die because uh, I don't see me getting rid of him anytime soon. Thanks for uh, checking out another episode of Randall Rob. I'll have some older episodes of Randall Rob in the feed over the next few days. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, which is uh, a playlist that's under youtube.com forward slash Rob O'Hara, you can watch this video, all the past videos, and the uh, upcoming videos, uh, retro, uh, retro Rob 
God, I just did it. It's just said retro. I've been doing so good of saying Rando Rob. I just said retro Rob. They're retro videos of Rando Rob. That's the problem. Uh, or if you're listening on the podcast feed, then those will show up on the feed. And Rando Rob has its own feed, which is on iTunes. Uh, I believe I just added it to Amazon. Uh, so you can probably find it there, or you can just listen to the Rob O'Hara main feed and you'll get this show and all my other shows. Thanks to all my Patreon supporters and listeners, and especially you. Thanks for taking time out of your day to check out the animal puppet. I'll talk to you soon.